You are listening to the Berman Method podcast featuring Dr. Jake Berman and Jenny Berman, physician assistant, where we treat problems, not symptoms. And we're back. This is Dr. Jake Berman here. This is the halfway point. So last week we talked a little bit about how you're too subjective to be objective from a physical component of it. And if you didn't listen to last week, please go back to listen to last week's episode because it runs right into this week's episode. And it's very important for that foundation or the beginning of knowing what we're really talking about this week. So this week, we're going to get into talking more about the nutritional component of it. This is one of my favorite things. We get to talk about my cookie addiction. So get prepared. Let's talk about this nutritional component. How often should we be getting checked in on? And we talked, well, you said quarterly already, but why? Why is it important? So I said quarterly for my clients that have already graduated from me. Um, So if you've never had a nutritional check, it actually is something that should be done. Just start, you know, go see someone, whether it's a dietitian, a certified nutritionist, your physician assistant that specializes in functional medicine. So nutrition is one of those things. And, you know, we've talked several weeks about it that can cause so many different symptoms and diseases and autoimmune conditions, not only, you know, not just the obesity factor. For those of you who are athletes and think you eat really well, well, are you actually eating the macros that are benefiting your type of exercise? If you have things like eczema or asthma or Hashimoto's disease, thyroid disease, these are all going to be related to nutrition as well. So, 99% of the people have one of these issues, need to go see a nutritionist just to start, and then we go to the quarterlies. Okay, so are all nutritionists created equal? Is there somebody that I need to look for? This nutritionist specializes in XYZ, or are you the only person in this world or this country to work with? Because everybody knows listening to this, Jenny works with most of her people virtually, just in case you're not even in Naples, you can work with her virtually. I do, Uh, probably 50% virtually. No, so, you know, just like physical therapy, not all dietitians and nutritionists are created equally. And again, it comes down to the type of practice they're in, the type of training that they've had. My recommendation, and maybe I'm a little bit biased, but my recommendation is to have some functional medicine training when it comes to talking nutrition. So I was trained by Dr. Carolyn Cedarquist, who is an IFM or the Institute of Functional Medicine physician. There are, you know, certain physicians that were trained in bariatrics, which could be helpful. So again, it's just knowing that the person you're going to speak with and to see has the functional training background as my recommendation. Very good. So I guess... You just said something there that makes me want to say this as a disclaimer, that the vast majority of stuff that's going to come out of my mouth on this podcast is really geared towards my demographic, the people that I see the most, which is 60 plus, 
right? So the vast majority of these things that I'm going to be saying are geared towards people that are 60 plus versus somebody that's 20 or 30 or 40. They're, they physically will be presenting a little bit differently. And Jenny has a slightly different demographic than I do. So a lot of the things that she'll be saying, it really depends because she works with three major groups of people, which are... Toddlers. Really, I have several two and three year olds who I'm working with their parents. But then I also have a lot of the postpartum, so 30s age, and then the postmenopausal or even males that are not necessarily postmenopausal, but in their 60s and 70s. Right. So it's different groups. It's not one size fits all. It really depends on who it is. So a lot of the things that we'll be saying can be generalized or generic. However, we want to know that there, you want you guys to know that there are very specific instances for everything, essentially. So let's talk more about that. Okay. So again, it's depending on the different age group and depending on the particular diagnosis. So if you have, you know, I'm going to start at the, the lowest level. If you have a young child who is suffering from asthma or eczema or in has been on steroid medications for X years, you know, or months, if they're only two years old, this could certainly be coming from a nutritional concern, a nutritional issue, a food sensitivity, not necessarily an anaphylaxis peanut allergy where they need an EpiPen, but they're having these immune responses to where they need support and change in their nutrition. Then it goes to the postpartum where you had your second baby and you just cannot get this weight off. You've, you know, after the first baby, you bounce back. Second baby, you didn't. And hormones change. So that may be a reason to look into some nutritional counseling. Or, you know, the postmenopause 15-pound weight gain or interrupted sleep. I used to sleep so well until I went through menopause and now I can't sleep through the night. And I've tried melatonin, I've tried CBD, I've tried everything. Or, you know, moving on from that is the 60-year-old male who just can't get rid of this belly. So lots of reasons to look into just getting a nutritional consult. And then, you know, there's complete different sides of it where it's the 32-year-old female who is doing CrossFit training and wants to train for a triathlon and she just doesn't know that she's fueling her body the right way. So that may be a reason to get the initial nutritional consult, which then transfers into we need follow-up quarterly on this. Okay, let's break this thing down even farther and let's make it even more explicit so people really understand the severity or even the necessity of doing this. Because again, I can honestly tell everybody listening to this before before Jenny, so BJ, before Jenny, before she went through all of this functional medicine training and learning all this stuff, before she went through her sickness back in PA school, which we talked about earlier, I didn't believe any of this stuff. I didn't believe that it was important at all. I thought it was very simple where I needed to have a balanced diet. And to me that at the time, I thought that if I could have a good amount of protein, some carbs and some fruits and vegetables and things like that, that I was doing pretty good. When I first started dating Jenny, I was going through a gallon of 
2% milk a week. <laughs> a gallon of milk a week. I absolutely loved it. I cringe. <laughs> and it really wasn't until I started learning a lot more about this stuff that I realized that, and I felt great at the time. You know, disclaimer, at the time I felt great. I, I was in some of the, I guess, I would argue some, the best shape of my life. I just graduated PT school. I was, I will humbly say, shredded, ripped, nasty. <laughs> And drinking a gallon of milk a, a week, you know, eating cereal for dessert every night. And I thought it was great. I didn't think there was any issues with it at all. I guess that leads into the sensitivity versus allergy discussion. Fast forward 10 years later, and I actually had my food sensitivity test done one of the biggest things that showed up on it was dairy. Well, why did we do your food sensitivity testing? Which one? What was it? Your reflux. Oh, yeah, the burping. That was crazy. So I didn't have any noticeable issues my whole entire life. And then out of nowhere, probably starting a year ago now, I just started burping constantly all day long. It was just little tiny burps, but it was really starting to get annoying for me, but even worse for Jenny, especially when we were on the couch watching a, one of our shows at night and it's just constant little burps all night long. That was annoying. So then we're like, okay, this is a sign here. So that was the reason why I got my first food sensitivity screen done. Right. And to go back to the too subjective to be objective, he was like, what? What? It's nothing. It's not anything. And I'm like, wait a second. Stop right now. If your patient came to you and told you that this is what was going on with them, you would say, okay, we need some objective testing here. We need to figure out what this problem is. And that's where I came in because he's too subjective to be objective for himself that we need to look into some food sensitivity testing, which we did. And two of the biggest things in your diet dairy and eggs showed up. So fast forward, we removed dairy and eggs for eight weeks. Yeah. Symptoms improved? Dramatically improved. Yeah. We did, you know, disclaimer, go on a reflux medicine for a short period of time to help with getting the inflammation under control when we initially were removing the foods and healing the gut with some supplements that I... Um, use and recommend. And then you were able to come off of the reflux medication with the removal of these foods. Now we find that things sneak in to the diet, <laughs> like some dairy or eggs sneak in and he'll go on a, you know, a period where he's eating yogurt or he's eating eggs every day and I'll notice that maybe the symptoms are coming back again. And I'll say, okay, Jake, how long have you been eating eggs every day? Do we need to reel this in, remove them from your diet again? And so that comes back to the quarterly checks is once we're feeling better or once we reach our goal weight or once, you know, our symptoms improve, the old habits start sneaking back in and it's not until you either 
have that conscious appointment where you're like, okay, I'm, my appointment with my nutritionist is coming up. Or for you to have the nutritionist step in and say, how's it going? Are you having any of these symptoms? Are you allowing too much to sneak in? Are you still tracking? Tracking is a big thing. So when I went on those eight weeks of no dairy, no eggs, I felt great. I really did. And here's the challenge is the only symptom that I perceived, which is different from what I actually had, the only symptom that I actually perceived was that belching, that very, what I thought was very minimal belching. And here's more backstory. We've got chickens. And the reason why I got chickens was because I wanted my own eggs. I didn't, I did not want store-bought eggs anymore. I wanted to know exactly where my eggs came from. They're completely organic, free-ranging chickens out there because I love eggs. There was a point where I was going through five eggs a day, three eggs for breakfast and then two eggs for a snack at one point during the day. I just absolutely love eggs. So when that came back on my sensitivity screen, that was brutal, absolutely brutal. I was like, what the heck? So we go eight weeks without any eggs, without any dairy. And of course I felt better and my belching got significantly better. And the problem was because I didn't, because it wasn't excruciating back pain, because it wasn't a very noticeable eczema or some type of crazy thing that would really limit my life, I didn't really see it as a big deal if I started having eggs here and there again. And like Jenny's saying, it'll start creeping up on me again and she'll say, okay, time to back off again. And this can happen, you know, for anyone and for any, like I said, you know, when it comes to you reached your goal weight and so little brownies start sneaking back in or just one scoop of cookie dough is going to sneak back in and that just becomes a cascade effect. Or it can be that your eczema has significantly improved. So you're like, oh, I'm just going to have one slice of pizza with the gluten and dairy. It won't hurt me. But then that leads to an inflammatory response. You just re-sprained your ankle and it's going to take another six weeks to get that inflammation to go away. So maybe the quarterly nutritional counseling is really guidance of, okay, you've been doing this for so long, let's change it up and here's another way to stay on track and do something a little bit different. Or the quarterly count or nutritional counseling is accountability to keep you in line and make sure you're staying 100% healthy for your longevity. I like that better. I don't think we should call it counseling because that makes me feel weird about this thing. Let's call it accountability. Let's call it a quarterly accountability check-in because it's true. If I know that I have to go answer to you... Oh, come on. It's <laughs> not that bad. I'm going to make different choices. I really am because that's going to be in the back of my mind. Now, it's not saying that we're going to be completely strict or life is going to suck or I can't eat anything that I want to eat. It just helps me be more thoughtful about the things that I put into my mouth. Because before this, the belching episode, and before I had my first food sensitivity screen, well, I still have this problem, but it was a major problem before this where I'm a a (laughs) cookie-aholic. No way. (laughs) I have a major, major cookie addiction, specifically chocolate chip cookies and even more specifically soft 
chocolate chip cookies. You put a plate of those bad boys in front of me, they're gone. Like they will not make it through the night. He's not exaggerating. It could be 12, it could be 16. They are gone and it's it I have no control over it. It's it's a real problem. <laughs> She's looking at me. No I, control. I don't want to have control over it. <laughs> so anyways, now when there's a plate of cookies in front of me, I make a more conscious decision to not eat all 16 of them. I may only eat eight of them, but that's a conscious decision. <laughs> that's a conscious decision that I'm making here. <laughs> I'm still cringing because that's still not the ideal answer. My goal is to get down to one. If I can get to a point in my life where I see a plate of cookies and I can just have one, we're getting somewhere. That's a win for you. But disclaimer, even one cookie that has dairy or gluten or egg in it, for those of you who actually have, not that you don't be because you do, but for those of you that have a gluten, dairy, or egg sensitivity, even one cookie can re-stimulate that inflammatory process. So just side note. And that's absolutely correct because it's no different than it is with you and gluten, where you could have just a, to make it explicitly clear, if there is like a grain of salt and that was gluten in your whole entire meal, your body is going to know it. I often relate food sensitivities. We're kind of going on a tangent here, but I often relate food, relate food sensitivities to a sprained ankle. So if you have a chronically sprained ankle and you keep going and running on it, the inflammation never goes down. Same thing, you know, and it takes six weeks for a sprained ankle to get better with the proper strengthening and treatment process. Same thing with a food sensitivity. If you are constantly introducing even the smallest amounts of whatever you're sensitive to, that inflammation is still going to be there. It's just going to be a cyclic cycle, a cyclic cycle. It's going to be, it's going to be cyclic as far as the inflammation goes. And you have to, when you're healing the gut, do the right healing processes with the supplements and gut healing to prevent this from prolonging too. I think that's very important to note is it does take time. And because what we're treating when we're working with food sensitivities and nutrition, because they take so long to see the changes, sometimes it can be frustrating or sometimes it can be, be downplayed on how important it is. However, we must remember that, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't the, the gut called the second brain? It is. Second brain. Why? Well, because of the, <laughs> because you have a brain in your stomach. No, because the intestinal lining really dictates what antibodies or what particles get through into the bloodstream, creating inflammatory processes. Right. So it's very important. And the thing that we want to remember is we want to take it very seriously. So let's bring, let's wrap everything up. Let's bring everything full circle the thing that we want everybody to take from this episode, this particular episode, is just because you think you're doing good, chances are you ain't. And I can say physically, from a physical component, I'm 99.9% .9 sure that you ain't doing it 100% correct. 
And I can say that just because I have never, ever in the history of my career ever had somebody come back that I haven't seen for over six months. I've never had anybody come back and do their home exercise program, their squat or whatever I told them to do 100% correct. Not even me. And I live with you. (laughs) So really. And same thing, like I said, for nutritional is just the the accountability of the check-in or if it's someone who is doing very well and maintaining and not having any issues, sometimes it's just good to come back and say, okay, well, what about some new products, new things that we can change up in the diet, new supplements if we need to, checking your vitamin levels and your thyroid, making sure that those are all stable every three to four months. Very, very important. Let's give everybody something that they can do like right now, because I know that there's going to be a lot of people listening to this who think that they don't have any issues. I'm not going to go spend my money out of my own pocket to go get my food sensitivity screen or to meet with a nutritionist because I I think I'm doing pretty darn good. Can they go any place to get more information? Absolutely. On our website, we have um, several free reports that you can do so or look at and read, whether this is for abdominal weight or leaky gut and might lead you in the right direction. Or, you know, we also have things like our six-week boot camp challenges that could help with getting you on track as well. Yeah, that's great. So for starters, though, I mean, if you don't think that you've got a problem at all, I highly recommend you go to bermanpt.com forward slash wellness and download one or all of Jenny's free report. She's got three free reports or three or four or maybe even five by the time people are listening to this. And just... Pick one and just read through it. It's free. And there might be some things in there that you relate with or equate to what you're dealing with. And that could be a very small clue to that there is something else going on. So bermanpt.com forward slash wellness and download some free reports, get some more ideas. And then you can also check out Jenny. She's got all sorts of stuff going on Instagram and Facebook. Same thing with me, BermanPT.com. On Facebook, it's just... <laughs> Berman Physical Therapy. Physical Therapy. For Facebook, and I think your Instagram is at Berman Physical Therapy. Okay. Yeah, whatever it is. Just look us up and get more information. You've got to get more information. You've got to get checked out. You are too subjected to be objective. We are all too subjected to be objective. Have a qualified person check you out. Anything else? I think that's it. Cool. So that was a lot of fun. Hopefully this audio is sounding better and better every time. I really appreciate everybody bearing with us here and dealing with us bantering back and forth, especially when I get in trouble. I wish we could start doing a video component to this so people could see the visual looks that I'm getting from you every time I mess up. The visual looks of love. (laughs) Yes, of love. Okay, until next time, this is the Berman Method Podcast. Have a great day. Ciao for now. For more information, view the show notes where you can email us, visit our website, or join us on social media.